Hey everyone and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast where you come to hear me share the journey, share discussions that I have with some amazing people and hopefully inspire you to live a happier, healthier, more successful life. That is the goal. And so with today being Saturday, you get to have an amazing conversation or listen in on this conversation that I had with a great friend of mine. His name is Braxton, the mighty bison hunter. You'll figure out why that's funny here in a minute when we tell his story. But on Tuesdays, you guys get gear reviews, tinkering Tuesdays, sometimes some mindset mixed in there. Uh, And then Saturdays, like today, you get awesome conversations with some outstanding guests, whether they be experts in the field, they've got a cool story to tell, or they are like me where they are, I still feel new and green to hunting and archery, etc. And they're sharing with you ways that they've found to be successful and can uh, just constantly be on the progress train. So with that being said, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. The channel is growing outstanding. I really appreciate it. Hopefully right now in as summer's wrapping up, fall is starting. You guys, if you're hunting or into the outdoors, which obviously you are by listening to this channel, you guys hopefully are getting outside, enjoying this cooling weather. If you're an elk hunter, bow hunter, right now is our time of year. And I'm excited for you. Hopefully things are going well there. If you're into backpacking and camping, this is also, excuse me, a great time of year where you can get out and enjoy the changing of the colors and go spend some time on the lake before things start to freeze over at the end of fall. Hopefully you're getting outside. That's what I'm getting down to, guys. I really want you to know that living a happier, healthier, more successful life has a lot to do with getting outdoors and spending time with loved ones, making memories, and that's what I want for you. So today, with Braxton being on the the show, I really appreciate him. He has been on the show a couple times before. I think he's the first one that I've had on three times at this point, but he has had an outstanding last year. He's already kicked this year off with another awesome mule deer in velvet, which I'm stoked for him on. And he just puts in the work, guys. He has also gone in full time into his passion for archery, YouTube, sharing good content with you guys. He is just an outstanding individual. He's one of the first people that I kind of latched on to as far as seeing how uh, archery works. I mean, he just gives non-biased reviews on bows, on archery equipment, and just wants to get good information to you. So with that being said, I want to give a shout out to GORUCK. GORUCK is just continuing to push the boundaries with clothing, fitness equipment, etc. You're able to go work outside. Your bags don't get uh, de-warrantied by using them outside. We encourage you to use your sandbags outside. Go out and ruck, guys. Get a rucker. Throw it on your back. Go train. The new McCall's I'm telling you, this week was launch week, guys, and they have been outstanding. I've worn them uh, standing at trade shows all day. I've worn them just doing my normal day-to-day stuff. I've worn them on trails. I've worn them scouting. I've worn them rucking. These McCalls are the best trail shoe I've ever had, and hopefully you guys can go check them out. Check out the link down below. And, of course, First Form and First Form Outdoors. Guys, we'd love to have you in the First Form Outdoors Facebook group. Come join us over there if you're not already over there. And if you are, let them know Redbeard sent you. 
And hopefully you can find a great community over there like I have of people that genuinely just want to get better on a day-to-day basis. Community is key when you are trying to get better and improve. And on top of that, the supplements are by far the best on the market, best tasting and best quality. And guys, I don't know of any other company out there that provides a 110% money back guarantee. If you don't like the flavor, if you don't like whatever it is about the product, reach out to customer support. You get a response very, very quickly and they'll make sure that it's done right for you because if it doesn't taste good, you're obviously not going to use it. So we want to make health and fitness as simple as possible. It's not easy, but as simple as possible for you so that you can hit your protein goals, your calories, your water, and your movement on a day-to-day basis and achieve the goals that you have. So with that being said, guys, check those out. Also, all of the other partners of the show are downlisted below. Hopefully, if you need any last-minute gear, go check them out. Appreciate you guys. Now, let's get into the conversation here with Braxton, a good buddy of mine who is just crushing it with hunting, a bow, learning how to run a business. Guys, he is just doing awesome. And he's a young guy, so he has a bright future ahead. Check this out. You're going to love this episode. Let's get into the conversation with Braxton. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. I've got an amazing guest here. We got Braxton from Haxon Hunt. And I'll just say, Braxton was one of the guys that when I first was getting into archery, um, he was one of the guys you could tell was genuine and just loved doing reviews on bows and would give you good information and loves tinkering with stuff. And so it was right up my alley, of course. And uh, he was one of the guys that really I, I latched on to um, from the get-go. And then this last year, um, he's had a very interesting year. I'd call it a banner year at <laughs> least. Uh, so Braxton here, he, he killed, well, I'll, I'll let Braxton tell you all about what, what he, he did as far as his successes, but we'll just say he is now known as the mighty bison hunter, uh, MBH instead of hacks. Right. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to dive into that a little bit here and see what happened, but he has gone full time into his passion has turned it into a career is supporting a family and uh just had an outstanding last year so well i guess with that introduction braxton who are you to the people that don't know who you are i appreciate it man i was you know more above and beyond than what i really am but uh yeah people can now refer to me as the mighty bison hunter um and uh there's a whole backstory to that that we can get into if you want <clears throat> but uh yeah i started uh hex and hunt um, it's not actually my name for those of you guys that are wondering, my real name is Braxton. Um, uh, but I wanted a second identity so I could, you know, rewrite my story and made it into Haxon Hunt. Um, so yeah, I just had the passion of, like you said, um, doing archery reviews on, on YouTube. So I started that like, what is it now? Six, seven years ago now. Gosh, time flies. Um, and really didn't know what direction I wanted to take it, wherever it was going to go, how it was going to be. Little did I know how much work it really is. People are like, oh, you do you do YouTube stuff? That's so fun. Like, that's dream. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's fun, but it sucks. It's like, like it's fun, but it's such a grind. I mean, constantly I try to push out three videos a week and the editing, I, I'm not an editor. I'm technically challenged. I don't do that. So it's like, a constant battle trying to learn. So if anybody wants to, you know, edit my videos at a very low cost, let me know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, I just <laughs> love the outdoors, love hunting, love archery. There's just something about bow hunting. I mean, you know, if 
you're listening to this and you've bow hunted before, even dabbled in it a little bit, like you shoot a bow once, you're hooked. Every single person that I, I've introduced into bow hunting or just archery, they never put it down. Like I literally could not name a single person who was like, oh, that's cool. I'm not doing it anymore. Like there's not one person that has given it back. But yeah, that's me. That's my passion. All right, we're back, guys. We had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties from the uh, the guy who loves to crash drones over here. Does a great job with technology. Like I said, dude, <laughs> just technically challenged. That is who I am. So I made my Wi-Fi as sucky as possible. Yeah, there you go. Um, for someone who makes a living online, it's it's pretty ironic. <laughs> hey, it's uh that that's what I I preach is you don't you don't have to know what you're doing. You yeah. just you just do it and figure it out. Ask people that have made all the mistakes. I mean, I've made a million mistakes. I've lost a lot of money doing it and just trying to learn. So uh, it's just a grind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So just to, uh, I just want to highlight a couple of things again, like we, we talked about, you had a banner year uh, this last year and um, you know, we, we joke about it. And if any of you guys have listened to the podcast that we did, Jared and uh, Braxton and I in person, um, you know, we talked about that, but yeah, we're, you know, we're going to kick, <laughs> we're going to kick Braxton back down to Southern Utah because he keeps coming up here and killing all of our good, good animals. But, uh, in, in all reality, it was an awesome year. Um, and, and we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the bison hunt in and of itself, um, and, and start with that story and then kind of work through some other things as well. Cause Braxton here, just again, guys down to earth, salt of the earth guy. Um, not only did you have, so you killed a big I wouldn't, uh, depends on, for me as a big muley, um, depends on who you're yeah, talking great, to, right? Yeah. Great muley. Yeah. Um, Nothing crazy, and then, but... and that was after putting in tons of miles and I know I walked you in on a couple of them, uh, that we just couldn't make happen because of how thick and nasty it is up here on the Wasatch front. And then, uh, you know, you had your bison, you had your elk before the bison. Um, the elk was a seven by two, which was an awesome story that we told on that last podcast. So I'd recommend y'all check that out. But with the bison. Um, you also had a baby last year that I did. So, that you know, there, there's kind of a few big things that happened in, in, in that year. And, and then the supportiveness, of course, of your wife, the fact that you can go and take this time and, and making a name for yourself, but also going and having success that you've been dreaming of and then to have a baby and for her to be at home. And then on top of that, you decide to quit your job and uh, in a very fashionable way. So <laughs> there's a lot. Man, it's been a year. It's been <laughs> when you wrap it up into like one minute, you know, your yeah. year is pretty insane. So let's talk about the, uh, the bison hunt. And then we'll yeah. talk about, um, you know, the, the title of mighty bison hunter and how that came came to be. So, uh, tell Absolutely. us about your, your bison hunt from the start when you drew the tag to, you know, where you ended up being successful. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Well, uh, Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a good story if it wasn't uh, successful, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that makes it just the icing on the cake. But yeah, we'll we'll take it back to, I mean, gosh, ten. No, it's been fifteen years since I've been putting in for Utah hunts, and in Utah there are a few species that are limited entry hunts. You got buffalo, moose, bighorn, um, mountain goat. Uh, I think that's all, right? I don't think there's any others. And as a kid growing up, I was always told that you're, you never draw it, never happens. 
the tags cost $10,000, which all of this is false. And it's, you know, impossible. It's a hard hunt. It's not worth it. And I just had a passion of getting out hunting. I wanted tags. So I always just did the deer hunt, general season deer. And then finally, when I started, when I was growing up and starting to realize that I need to be putting in for this limited entry, I literally didn't start till I was like 22, 23. So I hadn't put in for any limited entry hunts and which was stupid because I could have, you know, had at that point, 10 points. You know what I mean? Cause I, I, in Utah, you can start hunting at, at age 12. And so I, I was kind of like beating myself up about it, you know, okay, start putting in, I would love to kill a bison. And even then at that time, I still hadn't even looked up the prices of, of a Buffalo tag. So I'm still thinking it's 10 grand. There's no way I have 10 grand to spend on a freaking tag of a stupid Buffalo. And, um, you know, I was like, screw it. I'll just, you know, keep putting it. If it happens, whatever. I don't, yeah, I didn't know what I was thinking at the time. And then I, you know, matured a little bit and actually read the book. I don't really read very often, but realized that the tag costs, it was like 400 and something bucks, I think something at yeah, 490 or something. And I was like, Oh, I could, I can draw 490 bucks on a Buffalo tag. So I, you know, kept putting in year after year for only four years, drew the tag and um, it was an archery tag. And that that's my passion. Obviously it's just bow hunting archery. I didn't look at the season dates. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to anything, any other detail other than it is the bow hunt for a Buffalo. How, how more epic could you get? You know, everything I see on YouTube is like, a September Buffalo hunt, it, you know, they're rutting, it's hot, it's fun. And I draw the tag. I remember I was at work and I was in our tool trailer getting, getting some stuff and I get a ding on my phone and on my credit card, I get the transaction for 498 bucks, whatever it is. I was like, what the frick is this? So I hear and click it and it's like UTDWR. And I'm like, okay, what? what did I put in for? Like, there's no way, like in my mind, I, I did not draw a single once in a lifetime tag. There's, there's no way. And so I'm like trying to think about what I put myself in for, what I put my wife in for, if I put my brother in that year. And so I hurry and like scran through my email, trying to find the, the, uh, confirmation. And then I start looking back on tag prices and I'm like, okay, I put, I put my wife in for a Buffalo put on Antelope Island and that tag's thousand dollars. So that's not hers. So it's gotta be mine. Like this has to be my tag. What the heck is it? And the only three I put in for is deer, elk, and buffalo. And elk's 280 bucks for elementary elk. And then um Buffalo, yeah, the 498 or whatever it was. And I started freaking out. Like I'm sitting, I mean it's hotter than heck outside. I'm sweating. I'm working. It's been a long day at work. But now I can't focus on anything. Like I'm shooting a buffalo with a bow. How like pumped out of my mind. And so I'm like, crap, when are the season dates? Like how, how, like this is what, May when results come out, beginning of June. So I'm like, I got to get ready, blah, 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 blah. And then I look it up. I'm like, January 20th. Like what? <laughs> I have 
almost a freaking year is what it feels like. And so I call my wife immediately. I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm out of commission all the month of January. I'm gone. Um, I drew a buffalo tag. You'll never believe it. She's freaking out. She's super stoked for me. And, you know, I'm still in disbelief that it even happened. I don't do anything for the rest of the day at work. I was probably there for another five, six hours and I, I didn't accomplish anything. I'm just going around. I drew a buffalo tag. I drew a buffalo tag. Everybody's like, shut up. We know. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, so that was when it all kind of started for the prep because yeah, you get an elk tag, you're stoked, you prep, but like a once in a lifetime tag, it puts you in a, in a different mindset. It's like, Literally, I will never hunt a Utah free range bison again. And so like, I, I just knew for a fact I needed it to go perfect. I need to do everything in my power to make it work. So I immediately got online, started talking with some guides. Cause I'm like, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to learn how to shoot a buffalo or learn how to hunt buffalo. They're, you know, different than deer and elk. And I'm so glad that I like immediately went to that route because it, if I wouldn't have had guides, honestly, it probably wouldn't have happened. Um, they're just, it's an animal, unless you've hunted it before, at least on this unit in the Henry mountains, it's you. Yeah. You, it's a whole different species of hunting. It's nothing like you've ever done. And anyway, so hire a guide and I had talked to him a little bit about guiding. He also guides for, um, limited entry elk on the unit that I had drawn in 2020 so I talked back and forth with him. I didn't end up hiring him on that hunt, which I regretted because if I would have had one other person, whether it's a guide or a buddy to call and make that hunt a little bit better. I solo hunted that thing um, for most of the hunt. And if I would have had a second person, it would have been better. So I immediately told him like, dude, I, I regret that. I'm not going to regret this one. So you're hired. What's the price? <laughs> And, um, uh, at the time it was definitely out of my, out of my budget. I'll, I'll be, you know, transparent. It was like 7,500 bucks just for the guide fee. And you know, that's not going to include my lodging. That's not going to include my food, my, my own gear and stuff as far as that goes. And so I just knew I had eight months, uh, seven months to prep and see if I could save up 7,500 bucks for this hunt. And so I grinded, figured out finances. He, he was super dope with, uh, with me. I'll, I'll give him a shout out. Albrecht outfitting is, is the outfitter. And he was like, I understand it's a lot of money. So we'll do like a payment plan. We'll work with you. And so every month I, you know, Venmo I'm a hundred or a thousand bucks. And so like every month I had like, I got to make an extra thousand, but I don't know how, mm -hmm. I don't know where, but I had the drive to make that happen because I wasn't going to screw this up. I know this is like super long pre-story, but you know, you gotta, you gotta give it, get in the weeds, oh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> and, um, anyway, hunts coming up, I'm texting the guides. So it's like the guide service, Taylor Albrecht, and then he's got his guide guides, which, uh, shout out to them. It's, uh, Trevor and Tyrell Thompson. These two dudes are freaking studs. Like, I'm so glad they, they saw that I drew, I guess they had followed me. Um, one of them lives in St. George and that's, that's where I, um, am from. So he followed me from since I was in St. I don't know, in St. George or something. I didn't know him, but he knew who I was. So he told his boss, Taylor, he's like, 
we're guiding this guy. We're going to be the guides on this. So whatever, whatever happens, like we're going to take him on as a client. And so he was pumped because typically when you draw a Buffalo tag, you're 75 years old. It's been 30 years putting in and you're not fully capable of hiking what that unit requires. And little did I know how awful that unit really is. <laughs> um, so he was, you know, we're texting back and forth. I'm like, dude, do we go out? Let's, let's go scout. Let's figure it out. Let's pattern. He's like, well, there's like six hunts before here's and they're all rifle muzzleloader. Those Buffalo just get thrown around and you know, there's no point in scouting. So like I put my trust in him. Okay. You know, that's, you know what you're doing. I don't, you know, the secret spots, the little pockets that are holding these things. So literally zero scouting, which gave me the worst anxiety where, you know, I'm like, this is my what's lifetime tag. Like, I hope this guy knows what he's doing. Um, mm -hmm. And they hadn't had a successful archery hunter yet. Not that it's their fault, but most people are not a 26 year old kid running around with yeah. a bow. And in the middle of January at what? 10,000 feet, 11,000 feet. Yeah. The top of the mountain. Yeah. It's like 11, five on Mount Helen. And yeah, yeah stupid. <laughs> then, you know, to top it off, we have the record snowfall year of all time. So yep. now I'm extra stressed because you can't access 90% of the unit because unless you have snowmobiles, I mean, you're waist to shoulder deep snow and these buffalo give zero craps. They don't care. They will plow through it. That's what that big hump for on their, the big hump on their back is for. They plow snow with that. And that was one thing that they said. They're like, these buffalo are not like your deer and elk where they come down when the snow comes. These things do not care. They sit in the snow, they plow through it, and they sit at the top of the mountain. So now I'm stressed because we can't even get to the top of the mountain because I don't have snowmobiles. I don't have tracks. I don't have any access to this stuff. And the lowlands, they have, like they hold buffalo, but it's not as much as what it is up top. Anyway, so... That this is all prep. They're prepping me, dude. You know, it's gonna be the hardest hunt you have ever done. Make sure you are in shape. And so, leading up to it, I'm thinking, okay, I'll just hunt hard on my deer hunt, hunt hard on my elk hunt, and we will be in decent shape. Mm -hmm. It's not a. That's not until the January hunt. And I <laughs> never once. Okay, that's a lie. Once in my life, I've ever hunted in the snow. Prior to last year, I just always was a August September archery hunt, and. Is that AC loud in this thing? Can you hear? Okay. Oh, I can hear it to myself, but, uh, so I just, you know, I was, I had zero winter gear. I had, you know, short sleeve shirts and pants. Like that was my, that was my hunting get up. That's all you need in September, August. So then I'm like, crap, now I got to buy freaking thousand dollars worth of winter gear. I got to buy, you know, boots. I got to buy so much random crap that I don't typically use. So then I had the idea, you know what, let's make this into a video production. Let's make this where I can work with some companies. They can get high quality stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where the movie production of the bison hunt kind of came about. It's like these companies can help me, I can help them. And so we did, you know, came up with photography, you know, contracts, what, you know, what I could get for them, some videos, blah, 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 blah for in return of just products. So shout out to King's Camo. They helped me out with winter gear. And that was 
a huge plus because I would have been screwed wearing my short sleeve shirt. And, um, yeah, I got boots, got food, got arrows, got, you know, stuff, everybody, you know, coming together and helping me out. And so I had a full-time videographer and then a full-time photographer that were going to come hunting with me. So all of these moving parts, trying to put them together before this hunt. So not only am I trying to prep for the hunt, trying to prep to film it, get it all produced, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so we hunt hard November, December, November, I kill a deer, December, I kill the bull. And I mean, we were out a few times, you know, how sucky the hiking is and it just that deep snow. It's fun, but it's terrible. It's just a grind. It's painful. Um, so I'm feeling better about hunting in, in cold weather after, you know, we, we did those hunts. And so January's coming around and back in May, when I drew the tag, when I got the confirmation. Well, just real quick, I want to yeah. touch on that. So people understand, um, what you're talking about. So you, you killed the mule deer in November. It was in November, December. November. It was November. Yep. Yeah. And, Last uh, day November. and that was, yeah, that was in the snow. Um, that was freezing. And then, uh, we went after elk and it took me a normal hike where, where I went to go catch up to that elk that you ended up killing would probably have taken me. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I I've blocked it out of my mind. Cause that hike sucks so bad, but like, <laughs> well, let's just say you got a phone call at like 9am. Yeah. I was an hour South at work mm-hmm. and I had enough time to go home, get my hunting gear drive up the canyon make the stock before you even made it there and you were already up there so i was gonna say yeah so we were we were on top of them by we're about 100 yards away from them when he popped up when the elk popped up and you were coming up from the bottom and uh and that's where anyway yeah so it i mean it probably took us two and a half hours to get through this knee-deep snow we had to come down a valley cross the valley and then come up the mountain go down again and then up again and i think we went like side hill through some nasty stuff to finally get above him and we still couldn't see him because that nasty oak brush and then you come up from the bottom and that's where we we could see him because he popped up because you uh, either shot him or spooked him anyway long story short the snow is no joke this last year and that was at lower elevations let alone the you know nine ten eleven thousand feet you were at yeah, no, and it's, yeah, the snow hunting is something I don't think a lot of people understand. In the mountains, snow hunting, if you're out in the fields and, you know, it's still deep, you wear your snowshoes, call it good, but like this stuff, snowshoes suck when it's straight up and down, you're breaking through, it's just, I mean, that day was a blizzard too. I mean, mm-hmm. it had probably dumped an additional 18 inches of snow the day of yeah. elk. And yeah, so... Mentally, I was feeling better after, especially after that hunt. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> there was a lot of snow. I can figure this out. And yep. uh, so, yeah, that that definitely helped. But yeah, going back back to May when I drew the tag, that day, my the owner of the company I worked for was there on site. And I walked right up to him. I said, hey, month of January, I'm gone. I'm using all my PTO. Um, I'm, uh, you know, here's here's your heads up. Seven months in advance. I drew a buffalo tag, so you know, minimum I'll be gone two weeks because that's how long the hunt is. Okay, absolutely, that's totally fine. Sweet, gave him you know respect, respectable uh, 
distance in time to figure it out. Anyway, so that was back in May. Okay, fast forward back to, to January. We're, we're prepping. I, I guess that's another, that's another stress that was on my shoulders was uh, the truck situation. So mm-hmm. I had, at the time, uh, old 1991 Toyota pickup, killer truck, loved that thing. But driving 600 miles to the unit, back and forth, um, I actually drove my wife down to St. George, dropped her off at my parents' house so she could be there with my kid, and then I would drive out, out to the unit. So I didn't have space in that truck. So now I'm like, crap, I got to rent a truck. I got to, like, all of these expenses are piling up. So I made it even worse. Instead of renting a truck, I went and bought a truck. And uh, <laughs> literally, like, that was Not probably- Not the- truck, brand new Tacoma, <laughs> four-door, TRD off-road package. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got the one I wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not saying that's the smartest financial decision, but uh, it, I love, I love the truck. And I use it as a hunting truck. I've already ripped off the bumper. It's scratched to all crap. It's on that hunt alone, dude, because it was stock suspension, stock tires. I beat up my skid plates, everything on the bottom. There's one day covered in mud, so heavy of mud that the, the suspension was maxed out. It was slammed on all the bump stops because the truck was so heavy with all the mud. And it had like 1500 miles on it at the time. It was brand new. <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I have a hard time treating trucks as like a baby. I mean, I still take care of it, but like I use it as a truck. It's all cosmetic stuff. It's just, you know, you can fix a bumper kind of. <laughs> it just costs money. But uh, yeah. So that was another expense that was on, you know, on my shoulders. I'm prepping for the hunt. I'm realizing. Dude, I'm taking everything I possibly own that's hunting related. Every everything. And I can't fit that in a Tacoma. Tacomas don't have room. Like it's, it's a small, it's a small baby truck. And uh, and I even have the six foot bed with a camper shell to give it more space. <laughs> that was another expense. I jumped on it. I was like, I gotta get a camper shell. So there's another couple grand. And it was all in preparation for the stupid buffalo hunt. And again, I I don't regret anything just because. I just wanted it to go as good as possible. So moral of the story so far is do the preparation for your dreams, for your hunts, for something in that preparation, you're going to, you know, going to be successful with some stuff. And so then I run a U-Haul trailer to have enough room (laughs) for all of my crap. I should have taken a photo, dude. I filled up an entire five by eight enclosed trailer from the ground to the ceiling with stuff. Wow. I don't, yeah. I thought I Over, packed heavy. Jeez Louise, man. Dude, I was, <laughs> I was like 2,500 pounds worth of crap. I took, I took like two backup bows. I took my bow press. I took any equipment that I had to work on my bow. I took, I, I probably had three dozen arrows. I don't know. I just, I didn't want to get there and, and think, crap, I should have grabbed this. I went there. I, yeah, I had, more than enough. I mean, I probably could have been out there for six months with what I brought. And, uh, then on top of that, I had to figure out lodging and I wasn't, there's not a lot of lodging in the town of Hanksville. Most people don't even know or have heard of Hanksville, even if they're from Utah and 
even in surrounding areas. And this tiny, tiny town, there was like a motel that I originally rented out one, you know, one little bed. And it was costing me, gosh, it was like 1500 bucks for the two weeks. And I was like, that's, you know, I need a place to stay. I don't want to, I'm not camping in January. There's no, there's no way. I'm just, I'm not, I want to be able to be in my comfort every day, get up, go hunt hard and not have to worry about freezing all of, you know, all of my water, freezing my butt off in, in a tent or whatever. So, yeah. so you just I have to worry about Airbnb. bed bugs in a motel. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but then I exchanged it for an Airbnb because one popped there up on, on uh, Airbnb. And so I got that. It was like, I want to say it was like five bedroom, like mobile home type thing. So it was, it was pretty sweet. I was pretty stoked. So then the camera guy ended up staying with me, both camera guys and the two guides as well. So we all just kind of hunkered down, had a kitchen and everything to make good food every day. Well, this is a really good build up to the story. I, I haven't told this, this entire part of the story on anything. So you're, you're getting all the potatoes Sweet. and everything, all the gravy. <laughs> um, so we get there. Um, gosh, it was, it was a trip. So camera guy came from, the photographer came from Pennsylvania and videographer came from Wisconsin, hmm. or somewhere on there. So they flew in to St. George. I picked them up at the airport. We headed straight out to the mountain the day before the hunt and met, met the guides up there and everything was not in our favor at this point. So the guides had been there for two days. They had found and tracked down a side by side with tracks that we were going to be able to use. And they used it for like two hours. Something blew up on it, overheated. So we weren't going to ever be able to use that thing. And the snow was coming. The fog was in like everything was going against us on this week. Like it was dumping snow. You, you can't access now even more than what it was the week prior. And so I'm, obviously pumped but also a little anxious like crap hopefully things are gonna actually work out we can find buffalo i don't i don't know what to expect like this is a, in my head it's still a plain animal running around in the weeds there's a hundred of them out there i'm just gonna walk up and shoot one like still a part of me was kind of hoping it would be something <laughs> like that and the guides kept telling me it's not like that it's not like that think of hunting a mountain goat that weighs 2000 pounds at 12,000 feet like that. It doesn't matter what time of year. That's what you're hunting. And, uh, so still the part of me was hoping it'd be a little easier than, than what they're expecting or telling me. And opening day comes around, I'm pumped. And the guides are like, okay, we're going to, we're going to check the low country first, kind of around this, this area where the day prior to the hunt was the last day of a rifle cow tag. And so they're like, you know, people could be, you know, up top, pushing them down. So let's check this low country. We get first day we go, this is where the mud was. This, when we went out, it was all frozen. But by the time we were coming back, it was not frozen. The sun had thawed all the mud and this is like clay mud. If anyone has ever messed in Southern Utah clay, it was, mm -hmm. I got my truck stuck about, I think three times and had had to get pulled out by the guide's truck just being most of it was just because i had the long bed 
with stock suspension. And so my departure and uh, approach angle are terrible. So I kept just digging my bumpers in and he had a jacked up short bed one that he could make it through all this stuff. Anyway, so I'm, yeah, beating the crap out of my truck. I'm like, crap, if it's going to be like this for a week, I'm not even going to have a truck by the end of this. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be rough. But we're all still pumped. Like, we're amped. And no buffalo day one. Didn't see a single buffalo that, wait, am I lying? I feel like the that evening, no, we didn't see any buffalo day one. That's right. We saw no buffalo. So now I'm thinking, crap, came out here to find a buffalo. We were out the entire day and didn't see a single one. So a little discouraged, but also we still got six days. So I had the guides booked out for seven days and um, day two rolls around and, you know, pumped. We're going to hit up. We're going to hit up a new spot. Day two. Gosh, I'm really racking my brain on what happened each day now. It's been a while since I replayed it. Uh, day two, we, gosh, where did we go? Day two, we went to a couple different higher country spots and in the morning we didn't see anything, didn't glass anything. And all right, pardon the brief interruption here, guys, but I do want to give a shout out to all of the show partners and sponsors. And of course, give you guys some updates on a couple of partnerships that I have. So first I've got a new code for you guys with Cryptech. If you're looking for day-to-day -day gear all the way to camo, Cryptech is the way to go. It's the one that I'm rocking. I absolutely love their gear. Uh, some of my favorite pieces are the Sonora hoodie. That thing is awesome, lightweight, will keep you from getting sunburnt while you're up there on the mountain, and it's not going to cook you out. And this thing is outstanding. So the Sonora hoodie, and I love the pants, guys. The Mojave pants or the Sonora pants are great when when you're up on the mountain especially this time of year here in august september when it's hot still and you don't necessarily want some thick pant uh, on your body so code check that out the updated code is redbeard20 so now you get 20 percent off rather than 15 and uh, go check them out guys pick up your gear awesome quality family-owned business great individuals also guys want to give you an update on canvas cutter uh, canvas cutter bed rolls are amazing. They have everything from the summit, which is your lightweight one to your dominator 2.0, which is what I'm using with the mesh insert and the full tent system. It is amazing. It's going to be what I use when I go hunting. Uh, and guys, I, I love the foam pad. It rolls up really tight and you can fit in the back of your truck and then roll it out. So you don't have to set up a tent or whatever by your truck. When you come back after a long day of hunting, you don't necessarily want to do that. So check out canvas cutter code Redbeard, and go pick it up. Ask me any questions as well on any of these items. You can shoot me a message on Instagram and email, whatever it may be. I'd love to talk to you guys about it. Uh, of course, first form black Ovis guys. They're another great partner of the show, a conglomerate of just amazing pieces of equipment. Go check them out. The link is down below and code Redbeard10 will save you 10% off and anything over 50 bucks gets you free shipping over at Black Ovis. We also have, of course, Alpen Fuel and Heather's Choice, my go-to meals for the backcountry. All in digiscoping. Coming out with that Bino adapter, guys. Definitely want to go check that out and get your pre-order in on that. Initial Ascent, code Redbeard will save you 5% on the best backpacks on the market. A3 Archery Bowstrings. Kestrel glassing systems, dark energy batteries, go ruck, 
Sheep Feet Custom Orthotics, My Medic, Affect Beard Oil, Muley Freak Bino Harness, Joy Bees, The Bow Hitch, and Bow Hunters United. Guys, go check them out. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the conversation with Braxton. In the evening, we went kind of close to where we were. No, was it, it not not super close where we were the first day. Um, but again, kind of lower country. And we glassed up a herd of, I want to say it was like eight buffalo. And they were all cows. And my tag was good for a cow or a bull. And so clearly I'm going to try to shoot a bull. If that doesn't happen, I'll take a cow. And so I was a little hesitant to even make a stock on the cows. But at the same time, I'm like, well, this could be a good learning experience. Make a stock on some buffalo, see how they react, see how you know, we can get in their body language and stuff like that. So we ended up making a stock. It was probably like a two mile stock. Um, and this is yeah, covered in snow, super steep hills, slate rock, just a very difficult hike, but we ended up coming in on them. They, when we had glass them, they were all bedded, but by the time we got over there, they were kind of just up feeding, walking around and we get up to right where they were bedded and the photographer looked to the bush and there was a cow sitting there like 20 yards. We, we had gotten in there and didn't realize that they were still there uh, that close. We thought they had kind of fed up and over the, the backside. So she spots us, she spooks, they all kind of take off. I had them at like 60 kind of filing through the cedar trees and tried to get them to stop. It's not like a deer and elk where you can mew or, you know, it's like, <laughs> like trying to come up with a Buffalo noise and they all just kind of single file run away. You needed and, a beard, man. If you'd had a beard, you wouldn't have spooked them. Dude, for reals. I've been like, Oh, that's a Buffalo <laughs> or Buffalo beard. And, uh, yeah. So that, that was the, the, the point where I realized Buffalo don't stop. They don't care. And they don't run a few hundred yards. They run minimum. <laughs> literally minimum. And I, I know this for a fact to a T six like miles. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it multiple times, six miles minimum. So mm. I'm thinking, Oh, you know, they'll, they'll run up and over crest over this ridge. Maybe start feeding again. They didn't really know what happened. You know, you can do that with elk sometimes definitely do it with deer all the time. And no, they, they were gone long, <laughs> long gone. They were in a different country. And so that, concluded day two that was the that was the evening day three day three we went back over there we got snowed out completely like white out snow fog you can't see anything but we knew that there was another herd of buffalo in there because on our way out we went around like one way but then our spotter came back another way and had not really bumped, but ran into like three or four. He said one of them looked like a good bull. Uh, so that's why we went back to the spot. Yeah, but I mean, you couldn't see. Max, you could see in front of you maybe 50 yards. Like it was dumping snow. So we decided to huddle under a bunch of cedar trees, make a fire, eat some food. Um, our camera guys were uh, breakfast burrito guys. So they always, every day were packing around like six breakfast burritos in each of their backpacks. Jake Belinda had a, had a full, um, gosh, Cholula bottle in his like front pocket <laughs> on his, on his jacket. And I had never tried hot sauce. Cholula hot sauce, never tried it until this hunt. 
He's like, it's a so game good. changer. He's like, I carry it around everywhere I go. It's so good. I didn't believe him until I hunted with him. And um, sure enough, it was, I mean, killer. So we're all roasting these breakfast burritos on the fire. We're hanging out, having a good time. And then it's just not letting up. We were just hoping it'd be an hour, two hours. And it was like, we're sitting there for like three, four hours. Nothing's letting up. So we kind of just walk around to where we think these buffalo were. We find some tracks and we're like, okay, we'll just track and we'll pop up. There'll be a 20 yards somewhere. You know, there's a possibility. We tracked them for a while. It was snowing so fast that, or so hard that our tracks were filling up with snow within like 20 minutes. And so you couldn't even see where we walked, let alone if there was a buffalo there an hour prior, you, like there was these little tiny dips that like we were hoping it was buffalo tracks at that point. And nothing came of that. We got back to the trucks and for that evening, we're like, okay, let's try another spot and hope for the best. At this point, it started kind of clearing up a little bit. And we go to one spot just to glass and see if we can see anything for the next day. And we... It was probably, gosh, it was, it was far, maybe 2,000, 2,500 yards away, maybe even further. I like looked up with my binos and I was using like eight by 10 vortex. So nothing super magnification. It was just a quick look up. I'm in the cab of my truck looking through the windshield and I see. That's one of the things you didn't invest in. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I, I'm a cheapskate <laughs> when it comes to freaking optics. hundred uh, percent. That is one thing that uh, I've never spent more than 400 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Like my spot. Oh, no, man. it's like, cause I just, I just spent 650 bucks on a, on a used razor. Someone, yeah. someone sold a, a one on Facebook. It's like the gen one razor. I'm like, I'm, I'm buying it. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, that was, that was one thing that I just have always cheaped out on. Would Suarez have helped in this hunt, do you think? Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Because one of the guides had a Suaro optic, uh, mm-hmm. uh, spotting scope. And we would all be like, that's a Buffalo. And then we'd look in his and be like, that's a tree. Like that doesn't even, yeah. <laughs> like it yeah. was, I, I had never used Suarez up until that hunt when, you know, borrowing his. And so that, yeah, definitely. It de- it does make a difference. Hundred percent. It doesn't matter it, how big the animal is. A buffalo's yeah. the size of a barn, and it's black. Like it's a. You would think it's easy to spot in white snow. No, it's impossible. There's. I don't know what happened. They're they're ghosts. Anyway, I uh, glass through windshield, and I see this black speck at the top of this ridge, three or four ridges over, and then like, I wonder if that's buffalo. So like, I kind of like clean my lenses. It took me. 10 seconds. I look back up, gone. I'm like, okay, that, that was an animal. That was, that was something. I'm not sure what it could literally be a rabbit for all I know. And the guide was in his truck next to me and we got out and we were talking and he's like, I saw something like up there, but I don't know what. And I'm like, wait, was it, was it right there? Cause I saw something and then it was gone. He goes, okay, sweet. I, now I know I'm not crazy. And I'm like, well, sweet. Now I know I'm not crazy. And he's like, that's too far, you know, to be anything other than a buffalo. Like, that's got to be just a something. We don't know what. If there's only one, it's, he's like, I guarantee you, it's like a solo bull. And so we're pretty, we're pretty pumped. But at the same time, I'm totally questioning it. Like, there's no, like, dude, it was a split (laughs) second. Like, it could have been a bird flying. Like, who knows? 
And so we make a game plan for the morning. We're going to come back to the spot and get in up there. I mean, it was, it was a long hike in the snow. We're going to find tracks, whether it was a rabbit, a deer, or a buffalo. We're going to find tracks and, and hope to, you know, get in on something. So we get there in the morning and the way that you want to hunt these buffalo in the morning is they, they have pretty good eyesight and you don't want to bump them. So you don't want to hike in places in the dark. Um, it's better to always wait till it's light enough to see all the way around you. That way, if you do run into something, you don't spook them because they will run six miles guaranteed. No ifs, ands, or buts. So that was something different to me where like I wanted to get in, you know, go a couple hundred yards away from the spot, first light, be there to glass. And they're like, he could literally be anywhere in here overnight. So we wait till daylight and start hiking. We're glass and hiking, glass and hiking, and we glass up a herd of deer, which blew my mind at the tip top of the mountain. That was, they were just feeding. I mean, their bellies were dragging in the snow, like they couldn't even walk type of thing. And so we're like, okay, if deer are up there or buffalo are freaking up here somewhere. And, you know, we're hiking, hiking, we can't find tracks. Um, finally, one of the guides kind of peeled off and hit tracks and he's like guys it's here it's somewhere and it's buffalo so he radios us we you know follow his tracks to get there and this is like two three four feet of snow depending on you know what side of the the hill you're on and we get up we catch up to him and there's beds everywhere from one buffalo he spent the night right there but his tracks were ginormous like i'd seen you know moo cow tracks Moo bull, you know, tracks. Yeah. And they're big, but this swamped all of them. And these guys are looking at me like, this is the largest track we've ever seen. We need to treat this serious. This is going to be a massive bull. And so I'm kind of freaking out. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing with a buffalo, but here we go. And <laughs> his, I mean, he bedded probably six or seven times. There's poop everywhere. There's pee. Like that was his house. He was living right there. So they're like, he's, he's close. Like there's no way he's further than a couple hundred yards. So we're going to send just you. And then the video guy up there, you, you know, you track for a hundred yards, nothing happens. Radio will come up and just kind of leapfrog as our, as we, as we track this thing. So I'm tracking, moving as slow and as quiet as possible. I mean, just taking the time. Buffalo don't, if they have a home, they don't migrate a whole lot. They're just kind of in a little pocket. They'll chill there. And then the lone bulls, they just want to be by themselves. They're just, you know, hanging out in little pockets where it's just totally hidden. This this was a hidden little pocket that was, it was pretty sweet. And so I'm tracking just super, super slow and I like to track fast typically. So it took a lot of like mental power to slow myself down. Just, you know, take literally one step, two steps, pan the whole area, one step, two steps, pan the whole area. And cause I did not want to screw it up. I make it about 75 yards from where the beds were. And there was two cedar trees kind of making a really tight game trail right through it. And it was kind of like a, a, a turn to the left through it and, you know, pop out on the other side. So you can't see anything, obviously, standing 
in between a couple pine or a couple cedar trees. So it was like a three-step thing and scraping um just like my jacket and my bow because it was it was pretty tight, but just the tracks were going right through it. And I make it through, and then all of a sudden, this thing emerges from the earth, this mammoth, just the biggest animal I've ever put eyes on. Just stands up 10 yards from me. Just it, there's a cedar, massive cedar tree, and he's on the other side. He was bedded and he just oh, stood no. up. And he's broadside, 10 yards, the biggest, thickest cedar tree you could ever have. So I'm thinking, oh, I don't have a shot, but like this thing is 10 yards. This thing is massive. Now I'm scared for my life. I'm scared of moo cows when I'm out <laughs> in the freaking mountains. Like then now there's this 2,500 pound creature looking at me. He knows I'm there and he's not scared of me because nothing out there kills these things other than some people yeah. um, hunting. There's, they don't have predators out there. Anyway, he kind of is curious to know what the heck I am. So he, he was facing to the left. And so he kind of walks a little bit around the tree. And again, it's, it's a cedar tree, big, thick stump with like an umbrella bush thing. So even when he walks past the stump, it's still just the hangover of, of the branches and everything. And now he's facing me head on looking at me, his head's probably eight yards from me. And all I can see is like, I can see his, his whole head and, but his like nose was just like on the ground. And it was like, I swear to you, the size of a freaking basketball, like the largest nose that's just sitting there. Just like, obviously hear him sniffing. Like he's wondering what the heck I am. Um, and so I'm, at this point I'm full drawn, hoping that he'll sit in a pocket. And I'm like, I like, I'm standing up. I kneel down. I'm like trying to get an angle. I can't get anything. So I let down and I'm, I'm sure he saw me, but he just at this point really didn't care. So he kind of like turned back towards his bed and walked on the right side of the tree. And there was a little tiny pocket hole through the cedar where I could see his armpit, like right where I wanted to put it. So I go to draw. I can't draw my bow, like out of the adrenaline, the fear, the rush, the like, I literally cannot draw my bow. I've never had an issue drawing my bow ever. And it's, it's not, it didn't make it in the video, but the film of it is hilarious. Like I literally can't, I'm trying as hard as I can and I can't draw my bow. Finally, after it felt like forever, it was probably like five, 10 seconds. I'm able to get it back and I settle my 20 pin on him right in the iron pit. I'm thinking, you know, it, I, I, Looking back now, I definitely rushed the whole situation. I, I should have just let it play out a little bit more, but I shoot and I just see the arrow disappear. I'm like, dude, I just smoked this thing. He obviously takes off running and you're not supposed to chase buffalo, but I, I chased a buffalo and uh, <laughs> I wanted to get a second arrow in him. So I just, I booked it after him. I didn't have my pack. I didn't have anything. All I had was my bow and myself. So we run, gosh probably 300 yards down the hill and camera guy. I mean, he's long gone. He's nowhere to be yeah. anywhere seen. And I get back on him at like a hundred, 120 yards and I'm glassing. He's on the other side of this hill on this like Valley. I'm glassing. I don't see any blood. I don't see my arrow. I don't see anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, crap. Like, did I, did I hit him? Like, I'm 
confident. Like it was right 10 yards. How the heck do you miss a, a barn at 10 yards? Like it's just sitting there. And the, I radio like to the guides, I'm like I shot him, get over here. Now here's my coordinates, follow, you know, follow his track. See if you see blood, I didn't see any blood. And they said like a lot of times when you shoot a Buffalo, the, the, uh, their hair catches all kind of like a bear catches mm -hmm. all of the blood and it won't drip for a while. Um, they're like sometimes, you know, one to two miles in, they're not, they won't bleed on the ground. So then that's helping my spirits. I'm, I'm feeling better, you know, hoping that that's the case, but there's also the question in me. And anyway, the camera guy, he, he was my arrow guy. He was, he was the owner of method arrows, method archery. And he, he knows his arrows. And when he caught back up to me, he was like, dude, I heard your arrow ricochet. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way. It's like, no, that's, that's false. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm just in denial. And he goes, no, dude, you know when an arrow hits something and just topples where it goes. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't hear that. I, 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 I saw it go through. I'm like, I, I don't know why you wouldn't have heard that. It's not like you were focused on the bison yeah, or anything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he, he couldn't see the buffalo from his point of mm -hmm. view. He could only see me because he was, like I said, those two cedars that I went through, he was right behind me. So he could just see me at full draw and everything, but he couldn't see the, the buffalo. And he's like, he's like, let's replay the video. We played on his camera. You can't hear anything on the camera speakers. Camera speakers suck. So it's hard to analyze that sound. Anyway, um, they went, looked for my arrow and uh, it, it was empty. There was no blood, no hair, no nothing. It toppled. So we confirmed it was a mess. So we stayed on his tracks and we tracked him that day. It was probably, I was, yeah, no, I think that was the first six mile track. Hmm. We, we tracked him six miles and I learned a lot about Buffalo tracking and like, you can tell it might sound stupid. A lot of people might already know it, but from the distance of their steps, you can tell their speed they're going, how they're chilling. Like at first it's like every three feet is a step and yeah. then it would get every two feet. So, you know, he's kind of slowing down and then all of a sudden it'd be like shuffling. And when it's shuffling, he's walking around. He's not, he's just feeding. And then we found a bed. So we're like, okay, if there's a bed, he's calm. This is at the six mile mark. And so I'm you know, slowly following his tracks through these cedars. I spot him. He's like 180 yards, just feeding through these cedars. Mm -hmm. And on the video, there's footage of this point of him. And he's giant. Just at this point, I'm not the only one that's seen him. Everybody finally got a view of him. And they're like, this is the largest bull to ever. If, if I kill this thing, it'll be the largest archery bull bison ever killed. Like it was that big. And apparently wow. people knew about it. And the governor tag has been trying to kill this thing and uh nobody's been able to see it for like three years so other than like Trump you found him and i found him and i screwed it up screwed it screwed it bad <laughs> and uh so i'm thinking okay, i'm gonna get a stock on him so I'm, everybody stays back um, i told the camera guy, i'm like dude you you stay back like you can follow me but stay like 100 yards behind me i don't care just i'm shooting this thing and i get going around and there's this little ditch, I'm on one side, there's a cedar tree, and there's the other side. 
I get up there and I'm kind of just looking around. I don't see him. And all of a sudden he pops out behind the cedar tree across his ditch, 30 yards, 30 mm. yards, just right there. So I come to full draw, but he's walking and it's like the pace of like a hopping deer. Like it's freaking mm. fast. And yeah. I didn't feel comfortable just taking a moving shot. I'm like, he doesn't know I'm here. So it's like 30, he's 40, he's 50. And I'm like, okay, how do I stop a buffalo? So again, I'm like, <laughs> I tried to make these noises and he never stopped. He just kept going. Didn't care. Didn't, yeah, didn't care. So we tracked him again, probably another five, six miles until dark. And we just, you know, we figured, okay, we'll Good get back on these tracks in the morning. Keep going. Come back the next day, get back right where we ended. Follows tracks. We go another five miles from that point, five, six miles from that point, and get on a bed. And so we're like, okay, well, he's going to be in here once again. Here he goes, you know. And so now we're starting to get the groove of it. You find the bed, he's close. So we're, we're following his tracks. And from where his bed was, the, these buffalo are not stupid animals. Like they are super, super smart. So what we kept finding is on our tracking job, they would – track around a hill but then they'd come back backtrack up the hill look back on their backtracks and then keep going so like he was probably just watching us tracking the entire time and so we started you know figuring that out and so there was a there was like this little knoll in the middle of this entire bowl it's just this big bowl with this teeny peak in the middle with a giant boulder on top and i look at it i'm like he's bedded behind that rock hundred percent. He's looking back this way. He's hidden. He, he can see 360 type of thing. So he's bedded behind that rock. I got to figure out a way to get a view of that. So I spend like two hours trying to find, cause the wind kept swirling. So I would like go in, <laughs> I'd back out, go in, I'd back out. Finally, I come around this one side where I'm really close to seeing that the side of the bowler that I couldn't see where I thought he was bedded. And I see tracks on the other side of the bowl going out. So I'm like, crap. okay, he's not in here. So I go to the rock where I think he's bedded, where I thought he was going to be bedded. There's a bed. He, he bedded right on the other side of this rock and there's pee, there's poop. Like he spent the night right there and I'm, you know, touching the poop, trying to see how warm it is. It's fresh. And I stand up, I look up and he had gone around, then backtracked. And he was just sitting on the other side of the bowl, bedded. But he saw me. He was looking at his old bed. Mm -hmm. He saw me. So he was standing up 150 yards, staring at me. So the only the only movement I did was I had my bow. I grabbed my rangefinder and I set it on top of my on top of my limb. And I'm just looking through my rangefinder, ranging him, you know, hoping that 150 yards turns to 60 somehow. And <laughs> I'm not moving. I don't have my pack. I don't have a jacket. I don't have anything like just because we were hiking so much. I just, you know, was warm. Camera guy is behind a bush. He can't see him, but I'm telling him, do not move. I'm like, do not move. He's right here. 150 yards. Do not move. I'm thinking this. If I don't move. He's going to forget about me. He's going to bed down or just kind of wander off and I can stalk him. This the smartest animals I've ever hunted. He, uh, he, would turn his head away from me and he'd whip it back hoping that he'd catch me moving or catch me disappearing and he did that. i sat there for 90 minutes straight shivering so bad i was freezing cold finally the most got the intense point. game of green light red light 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Except it's always red light. You don't move. Yes. <laughs> and when I couldn't take it anymore, he turned, he turned all the way around. He did, he had done it multiple times, turning fully facing entire body and he'd flip his entire body around. So he, he turned and in my head, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to turn back and you know, I'm analyzing. He's, he's waiting for me to move. That's, you know, my thoughts. Finally, I was too cold. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. So he turns all the way around. I jump behind the tree. He turns back, sees I'm gone. He's gone, takes off running. And I'm like, I was right. He was really looking at me, waiting for me to move. And so, but I was, there was no way I was going to be able to stand there without getting hypothermia. It was just, yeah, it was rough. So we knew he was, he was in Mexico at this point. He was gone long, long gone. There, there was no tracking him again. He, yeah, he said, see you later. So, so that was day five chasing. We called him the governor. We named him that. So just giant bull. And his story ends here. He uh, disappeared and long, long gone. So day six, I'm a little discouraged because now we're day six and guides go home day seven. Now we got to find a new buffalo. We tracked him for two, three days and whatever. So day six, we decide to hit the complete opposite side of the unit. And it was a just socked in day. Worse than that other previous day we couldn't get the trucks on the roads like like yeah there was enough snow it was blowing above my hood type of thing like it was insane you couldn't see anything it was fogged in i literally can't so then we're really discouraged because i'm like it's literally second to last day can't even hunt can't see mm. we gotta find a herd and so i'm a little pissed but everybody's a little bit down Camera guy needed to do some work. So we ended up going back to the Airbnb. All of us are just, you know, hoping to regroup. And to get to the other side of the unit, it's not a short drive. It's like a two hour drive. So it's, you know, two hours there in the morning, two hours now back to the Airbnb. So at this point, it's like maybe 11 o'clock. And we're sitting there. And I mean, I feel depressed. I'm like, crap, I got to kill a buffalo. We're not going to kill a buffalo here at the Airbnb. And mm -hmm. we only have X amount of days. Like, let's just go. I don't care. Let's just go to a spot. I'd rather be out there than sitting here on the couch, moaning and groping, just upset. So we decided to go back to a spot that we had been. We went to on day one. No, day, yeah, either day one or day two and just glassed. And we didn't see anything that time we were there. But we're like, okay, let's go back here. It's kind of in the direction where the giant bull was running to. So like, maybe we could catch him here. If not, those other eight that we saw day two, they were kind of similar area and they kind of ran this way. So who knows? There could be something. It's the lowlands and we'll hope for the best. So we're driving and it was, since it was that massive snowstorm and it was windy, there's snow drifts on the road that well over my hood but it was all super super soft powder mm. and so i'm plowing like going like 40 miles an hour just blowing these snow drifts it was the funniest thing ever just blowing them up i don't know i had a blast just driving in the snow <laughs> and we get to this glassing point we're chilling it's kind of like on this cliff and we're just glassing 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 we're not seeing anything it's windy um it's cold and the guide we had at this point, we had one guide with us because one had to go. He went home because he was flying out to Hawaii and his dad was coming in to take over, but he wasn't going to get there till that evening. And so 
it was me, one camera guy, the video guy, and one guide. So photographer, back of the house doing work, the other guy heading to Hawaii. And so there's three of us. The guide looks at me and goes, you want to see a buffalo? And I was like, dude, don't don't you dare play a joke on me. He goes, no, you don't believe me, man? Look, I found some buffaloes. And at this point, I'm just, you know, I still don't believe him. He's like, no, look at my spotter. Like two miles away, he spots the herd of eight buffalo. Mm. And so then, you know, adrenaline starts pumping, heart is pounding. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's, let's just get after these things. So we come up with a game plan. The road goes right towards them. So we run back down to the truck, get on the road, drive probably a mile towards them, and then have to hike about another mile. We didn't want to push them. And they were kind of like bedded in these cedars, chilling. And we get up on this little butte where we can glass them maybe 600 yards away, 800 yards away. And they're still chilling. So we come up with the game plan. If we come back down off the butte, go down in this ravine on this river bottom. I can have the guide stay up top somewhere and glass while I run that ravine because they're kind of feeding that way. So me and the camera guy literally sprinting as fast as we can. And it's, I don't know if most, if anyone has sprinted with uh, cold air, it just burns your lungs and it's not very fun. So we're sprinting trying to cut them off, get them in time before the sun goes down and, and everything. So they're still feeding. And I, in Utah, it is legal to use communication. At least it was last year. Um, so I have radio in my ear. The guides just telling they're still there. They're still feeding. You're good. Just keep going. So then I can, you know, just know I don't have to stop. And I come up on this peak to check on them, see where my position is at. And I'm like way off. I got to, I got to go way further. So then we had to back out, keep going, running all the way around. And then we pop out and we went way too far. So now I'm like, crap, we just overshot this entire herd. Not, not by a little bit, like 300 yards, just way too far. And they're still kind of feeding through these trees. So I tell the camera, I'm like, dude, you, you just stay here. Cause there's, it's kind of in the open at this point and there's not a lot of cover. And so I army crawled. Somehow I sprinted an army crawl. Don't ask me how about 300 yards got behind this tree and I can see them. They're feeding. They're going to feed right in front of me. I'm set up. It's going to be a 20 yard shot. So I'm chilling and then they kind of disappear in the trees. And I can't, you know, I can't see them, but I have the guide in my ear still. And I'm just clicking the button on, on the, the headphone because I can't talk. Cause I know they're too close. So I'm just clicking it twice for yes, once for no. So he's asking me questions and I'm just clicking. And he, he's like, they're still there. Can you see them? I'm like, no. He's like, they're, they're still feeding to you. Can you see them? No. And finally I hear a twig break and it's like on just the other side of the tree I'm on. Like I'm talking 10 yards maybe. And I can't see because it was pretty thick, thick bush. And they had, instead of coming in front of me, they kind of turned and they're coming now behind me and I'm like frick i'm not set up for this i'm kneeling it's crunchy snow this is bad H hope for the best so now i'm kind of looking through the trees and i can see one see another one and they're kind of all just filing through so i pivot on one knee but it's kind of like just crunch the snow and they jumped, they heard something and knew you know something's close so they kind of spooked they jumped i came to full draw they maybe ran five, 
steps or so. And so I look, you know, I don't have time to range, but I know it's close. I'm like 20, 25 yards, throw my 20 on it. See that arrow disappear just straight through this thing. I'm freaking out. And the guy's like, did you just shoot? I'm like, I just shot. I just shot. He goes, okay, just stay, you know, stay where you're at. Let's let him die. And I didn't care which one I shot. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a calf. And they were all, you know, cows. There was one bull in it, super young bull, um, half the size of any of the cows type of thing. Anyway, so he's looking down and he sees one bed and he goes, okay, that that's her. I can see her arrow. She's, she's dead. All of a sudden he gets a spotter out. Cause that was just through his binos, gets a spotter out to verify. And he radios. He's like, they're all standing and they're all feeding. There's not one bedded anymore. Like, Freaking. He's like, where'd you put the arrow? I'm like, well, on an elk, it's a great shot. It's a double lung shot. And, uh, he was like, yeah, no, that's, you know, too far back for a Buffalo. It's gotta be low and way forward. Mm. So, you know, freaking out anyway, since we only got like 11 minutes to go, cause it gets better the next day, we let her go overnight and there's blood. I mean, she's bleeding out both sides, a little bit of blood out of her snout. It should be good. Like it's snow. We'll track her, leave her overnight, come back in the morning thinking just amped, pumped. We kind of replayed it, talked about it. She's dead, right? We track for about three and a half, four miles through the snow, blood, just, just drips, nothing, nothing crazy, but just drops. And then we get to this big Canyon and all like all the herds tracks go into the Canyon, except one veered off to the right side and the rest went left. So we're thinking, okay, Hmm. that's, that's her, that's gotta be her. And sure enough, like right then 200 yards away, this Buffalo stands up has an arrow sticking out of her, the entire arrow sticking out her side of her rib cage. Uh, the fletchings were stuck in one rib. And so brought it and everything sticking two feet out, three feet out. So she then takes off running down what looks like the Grand Canyon, just absolute massive Canyon. And I take off kind of backed up and then took off down the rim to try to find a spot where I can somehow cliff jump get in here. I'm, I'm talking is a massive Canyon, like not some little thing, like giant and I'm rock climbing something, finding my way down. It was kind of like the top rim went down and then a shelf and then went down to the river bottom. And that's where she was, was in the river bottom. So I'm like, if I can get to that shelf, it'll be an 80 yard shot. If she chills, I can get a shot. You're not keeping up with the Buffalo. I'll promise you that much. So never did I catch up with her. Then we regroup and get on Onyx, check the map that canyon goes for 10 miles until it opens up on a road so that road it's like literally it just opens up and that road is right there and so we send everyone back except for me the one guide and the video guy say go get back in the trucks drive down here meet us there and if something happens we'll be there if not like you know this sucks so we track her down this canyon and we jumped her one other time in the middle of the canyon, six miles in from where we jumped her again, or the first mm. time in the canyon. She was bedded up on this cliff or up on this like ledge, like a sand ledge. When we're walking down the, the bottom of it and I didn't hear anything, didn't smell anything, nothing. I just sensed something. 
So I told the two guys that we were with because I was leading and I was like, stop, stop, stop. She's close. And I don't know why. Like I still to this day don't know how or what it was that like I just sensed it or felt it. Something told me she's close. Mm. No joke out of nowhere. A buffalo jumps over our heads off this like six foot sand ledge takes off running. And I'm like, told you she was here. She's running. And I take a <laughs> shot, just running shot at like 40. I miss and she keeps going. I'm bombed. My feet, my ankles are killing. I'm pissed. And so we just keep going, just keep tracking, you know, keep her in this Canyon. So we'll just, we just got to go. Cause she has nowhere else to go other than straight until it opens up. Then if she gets there, we're screwed. Anyway, we'll go about three more miles. She catches up with a herd of moo cows. Now we don't know what track is hers versus theirs. They're running with her. I'm pissed. Um, I mean, the, this it's day seven. Like at this point, it is day seven. The guides go home tonight. It's game over. I'm I'm out here by myself, and I don't want to be. I'm following a track which I think is hers. There's still little drops of blood, and she backtracked and then went back down. And I I followed a freaking moo cow up to the top of this hill, and the guide he. Saw where she backtracked and went down to the bottom. So he radios. He's like, dude, get down here now. She's down here. I don't know where, just I'm on her track. So I just scale these cliffs, just running. I don't know how I didn't break any legs this entire day and get to the bottom. And it's this like super tight river bottom ravine. And it's just one track, just her track. So I just start going. Like I'm not being quiet. I'm not being slow. I'm just going. Cause at this point we're close to the end of the Canyon and it's just opening up. And all of a sudden the walls of this, this river bottom just get super, super skinny. I mean, we're talking three feet wide and 10 feet tall. So it's a slot Canyon. You can't see more than 10 yards in front of you. And she's in here. Cause now I hear something and I'm like, I just freaking corral the Buffalo in a slot Canyon. All I have is a bow. I don't have a pistol. I'm a little scared. She's injured. The guy doesn't even dare come in. He goes, dude, I'm not going in there. I'm going up top. And I'm like, well, I got to. I got to corral this thing in here. And so I just keep going and I go about 10 more yards and around this bend. I can see her head just staring at me. She's just facing me. There's one way for her to go and it's through me. So at this point I'm like, well, one of us is dying. She's either killing me or I'm killing her. And so I draw back and I mean, it's about 10 yards, but all I can see is like her neck and head. And so I didn't have a, like a good shot, but I'm like, just put it in her jugular, try to, you know, get a frontal shot on a Buffalo, which is probably the dumbest thing you can do, but it's all I had. So I, no joke, seven arrows. I had a quiver full of seven arrows, thunk, 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 just, just piling them, just trying. Cause I felt bad that it's been this long that she's, you know, had an arrow in her and I just wanted it to end for her. So out of respect, it seems disrespectful, but out of respect, like, I didn't want to stop until she was until she was down. I run out of arrows. I look down. The arrow that I originally shot her with is laying on the ground right there. The slot canyon was too thin, so it fell out of her. I picked that up. The guide kind of like hoists me out of the canyon. She's still like, I, it, she would have continued to die, but like it just it wasn't a heart shot type of thing. So he pulls me up. I get up on top. It's like a five yard shot. Put that same arrow. Shoot that one again right through the heart. She's dead in the slot Canyon and 200 yards from the road. We hoist her out of this slot Canyon to get photos and stuff and cut her up, walk her 200 yards to the road, throw her in the truck and 
that was, I mean, we probably got out of there by midnight on day seven. And, uh, yeah, it definitely should not have happened that way, but I just think with the perseverance and never giving up, just working, I mean, I wanted, I couldn't walk for like a week after that hunt. Something <laughs> happened to my heel. I don't know what, like maybe a little strain on my Achilles. Like if I would have had to hunt day eight, I probably wouldn't have been able to. It was, yeah. it, was it was pretty, I don't know, sounds dramatic, but the whole story is a little dramatic. <laughs> yeah, no, but the, and that, that's, that's such an awesome, uh, you know, the fact that there was that perseverance and, um, you, you stuck it out. Like you didn't sit there and mope about it being day seven. You didn't, you know, you, you weren't, I mean, you were, you were stressed, but you didn't sit back and just let it kind of die off, you know? And, yeah. um, that, that kind of was a story of your, of your whole season this last year. Your uh, fourth the quarter. last day success. Yeah. Every time fourth quarter yep. deer last day, elk second to last day, Buffalo, not necessarily the last day of the hunt, but the last day with the guides. And so that being said with, I'll throw a little plug for my, uh, this isn't it, but I did a bison skull of my bison and I have one that says never give up just because the Buffalo never gives up there. You know, they're known to go into the storm. So that's the name of the video that we, that we dropped is into the storm. It's, you know, heading towards the adversity, not running away from it and just dealing with it. So I did that in respect for, for the Buffalo and, you know, just on those hunts, never, never give up. That's, yeah. that's my shameless plug for the old merch. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, we're, we're running up on time here. So I won't ask you to tell your story about the mighty bow hunter, but I will say, uh, people can go and look at that video on your YouTube and, uh, and listen to, to why you are the mighty bow hunter or sorry, mighty bison hunter. Yeah. The mighty bison yeah. hunter. If you go to my YouTube hacks and hunt, um, it's titled like how I lost my job. So, yeah. Or I got fired or something <laughs> like that from, from my Buffalo hunt. So yeah, I looked that up. It's a quick seven minutes and tells the whole story. It's, it's pretty exactly. Funny. It's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. But that, that's so cool, man. And, and I appreciate all the detail. And I think there's a lot of people that don't, uh, they don't think about that for a, a bison hunt. Um, you know, I, I've known some people that have gone into that area. I know someone that had a rifle tag out there and I think it was, I think it was just a cow tag. Um, but they talked about how much it sucked, uh, just the mud, the snow, the, all the crappiness that goes into it. So, uh, no, that, that's, that was good. That was definitely good to, to share all those details. Um, so where can people find you if they don't already follow you? I'm assuming most of them would by now, but, uh, if they, if they don't know where to find you, where, where can they find you at? Best place, Instagram and YouTube. Those are where I'm most active and both of them are just hacks and hunt H A X E N hunt. Um, I post a lot of bow hunting stuff and, archery stuff for my Instagram and then YouTube. I focus more on like bow reviews, site reviews, just archery equipment reviews. Um, and then obviously my, my Buffalo hunts on there. So it's, it's worth a watch. Um, it's pretty epic. I I'm pretty stoked with how it turned out. It's a quick, like 22 minute film. So nothing too crazy. I don't know how he fit in, uh, seven days, six terabytes worth of footage in, uh, 22 minutes, but it, it turned out pretty good. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So guys, I'll leave the links down below where you can find Braxton. Uh, we're going to have to have Braxton back on again. Cause again, like I said, he's, he's one of the guys that really, uh, I latched onto from the get go. I really appreciate your style, how you're just so genuine down to earth. You really are a hard worker. 
Um, you're not even really a gym rat or a fitness dude. You just bust your tail on the mountain. You just really enjoy getting after it. And uh, that's something that I, I can't highlight enough. There's a lot of people that um, you'll see them on YouTube and stuff like that. And, and they'll think that maybe you're just a one day success or whatever. But I can, I've been on multiple hunts with, with Braxton here. And I can say he definitely does put a lot of effort into his success. So uh, go check him out, guys. Thanks again for your time being here on on the podcast, Braxton, and, and sharing uh, sharing your story. I think you're the only person I've had on three times at this point. So <laughs> let's go, let's go. We'll make it into uh, a fourth time if the season goes good. There we exactly, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again for being on. And of course, guys, like I always say, get out, live your life, and love it. Man, Braxton is just a stud, guys. I, I'm telling you he is an awesome friend to have he knows his stuff and if he doesn't know it he tells you but he is interested in learning he's always pushing those boundaries i'm really excited for his success he's already knocked down a stud of a velvet mule deer this year uh, with his bow and he's got many more things coming this year he has gone all in so definitely go check out his channel i'll leave him linked down below whether that be the youtube instagram all of the above go pick up some merch uh, go get in on his giveaways, which he's always looking to give back to people that serve us. So go check out Braxton, all of his channels. Loves telling the story of the mighty bison hunter. He is hilarious and just an awesome individual. And guys, with that being said, uh, make sure you go check out Go Ruck with the new McCall's, the new trail running shoe that just came out. Best trail runner and honestly my everyday shoe from this point on. It's just comfortable, wide toe box and uh, has some great traction guys definitely go check that out of course the updated cryptech code go check that out first form and first form outdoors to get your best supplements and snacks for the back country ask me any questions you have on that i'd love to guide you in the right direction black ovis go get your last minute gear guys they will make sure to have it available they are awesome at having so many options you might get overwhelmed. So again, you feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. And of course, all in with their new digiscoping adapter for binoculars. Guys, go get your order in. Use code REDBEARD, get 10% off. And thank you so much for coming in and listening to this conversation, guys. You're amazing. I really appreciate it. If you don't have the money and the budget right now to spend on gear and support the channel that way, go leave a review. That means more than anything leave a review share the show tag me in it i really appreciate it go subscribe to the youtube channel even if you don't watch it on youtube that helps a ton as well i know there's a lot of you that are watching the youtube channel and well just frankly are not subscribed so i'd love to keep bringing great content to you guys help support in that way if you don't have it in the budget to purchase gear and support monetarily definitely go leave a review and share it with your friends I really appreciate it. You guys have an outstanding rest of your day and enjoy this weekend. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.